All right, guys, we are live, and I hope you guys are pumped up because it's time for a battle mastermind. And I'm on the line with uh, an amazing entrepreneur, marketer, and uh, probably just a good guy, you know, a good friend of mine. And we've become close over the years and just uh, love this guy. And I can't wait for you guys to experience him as well. In fact, I feel a little bad because I feel like the introduction should be much better, but all I can just tell you, the guy is a complete <laughs> badass and just you want to learn from him. So, um, Greg, man, are you here? Greg Gomez, the third, and I hope you're ready for the battle zone. I am. After much uh, training and uh, cardio and working with my, my uh, ground and pound teacher, I'm ready to do <laughs> battle, brother. I'm ready. <laughs> awesome. Well, the way it works, guys, for those of you who are listening in or this is your first time on um, one of these calls, um, it's pretty much unscripted. You know, I don't know what questions he's going to ask me. He doesn't know what questions I'm going to ask him. And we treat this like you guys are flies on the wall just listening to us get better and masterminding about our business, and that's really what we want to do. Um, the benefits you guys have by being members and listening live is you get to ask questions at the end and actually talk to myself or Greg or ask us questions specifically um, you know, in regards to you know, whatever it is that you have that you want us to help you with. So it's exciting. So with that being said, I, you know, I like to keep this at 30 minutes. Let the battle begin. And, and Greg, like I said, there's no rules, man. And, and uh, let's just pray you make it out alive. I'm stretching, I'm stretching, I'm stretching. All right, man. So first off, um, you know, like I said, Greg's an amazing entrepreneur, and and I've known him for, I think, three or four years now. We we first met um, during a launch, for a a product launch called Futuristic Marketing, where we kind of teamed up, and we should have won. I still feel like we got robbed, but um, we did pretty well. We we beat some pretty um, hefty competition to finish second, Um, Mm -hmm. and... uh, you know, we actually went to a mastermind um, in San Diego at Jonathan Bud's house, and we actually roomed, were roomies there and got a chance to spend a lot of time with them. And, you know, instantly we just connected, and we've connected ever since. So I wanted to kind of real quick, if you could just give everyone the kind of cliff note version of your story or just, you know, how you got into the industry, and then we'll get into the battle zone and some, some, uh, some good questions here. Sounds good, man. Uh, for those who don't know me, my name is Greg Gomez third. Yes, there are two others of me running around out there. Be warned. I've been in marketing and direct sales for over almost 20 years now. Got started as a uh, network marketer many, many moons ago. Went to all my friends and family. I'm Hispanic, so that was over 200 people. All of them said <laughs> no. And, uh, in fact, I got uninvited from barbecue. So, for me at that time, traditional recruiting styles weren't necessarily my flavor. Quit, condemned it, said it was probably one of the worst, evil, most horrible, terrible things ever. Uh, a friend of mine suggested, you know, you really should go do some telemarketing because I kept getting all these red lighters. I needed to pay some bills. And for my skill set or education level, I should say, uh, telemarketing at that time paid good enough that I could I could keep myself from being evicted and stuff. So uh, I hated sales, hated the idea of sales, greasy used car salespeople with slick back hair and toothpicks in their mouth saying, well, I'm like, what I can do for you. That's what I envisioned sales was. I got started in telemarketing, though, because I needed to pay the bills. Uh, everything you could possibly imagine derogatory about telemarketing offices, this office encompassed. It was it was awful. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, burnt out rock and rollers. It was just bad. Uh, but I did learn some valuable lessons there. And after I got my first sale, my favorite story to tell about sales is I closed my first deal grudgingly, and uh, this euphoria washed over me. It was the second greatest sensation I'd ever experienced. It was pretty good. And... Uh, I was hooked. I, I, it, what, what really drove me from that point forward is why did this person say yes? And that was probably one of the most important questions I ever learned to ask is because it started me down a path of human psychology. Why? Why do people buy? Why do they say yes? What gets people interested in certain things? And more importantly, how can I do it without being a, a slick-haired used car salesperson? And uh, started my path in this weird, crazy, uh, serendipitous journey and meeting some of the most incredible marketers you could possibly imagine, working for some of them by accident, didn't even know who they were, became like one of the best salespeople, sales trainers in our area. I've been paid $75,000 to teach phone strategies, sales techniques, uh, and then got started in the online world back in 2003, back in the Google days, and uh, have been online ever since, and and, uh, coached over 180,000 network marketers, home business owners, direct sales associates, how to be more effective using the power of the internet, phone, and written word, and now I'm about to do battle. That's enough talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. And, you know, Greg is the founder of MLM Business Blueprint, I believe, mm-hmm. is the full, yep. that's where they can find you. And, you yep. know, 
one of the things that I, you know, obviously we both are good friends with Ray Higdon, and, and Ray and I talk, and we go back and forth, and I always say traffic and leads is the lifeblood of your business, and Ray will come back mm-hmm. and say, well, you can have as many leads as you want, but you get them on the phone and you can't close them, who cares? Yep. <laughs> so, And then I'll come back Absolutely. and I'll say, well, that's because I get a guy that's already targeted and interested, so there's no need for me to close. And then he'll come back, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of a funny thing. We go back and yeah, forth yeah. with it. But the bottom line is that they're both very important, and you yeah, know you definitely need to chicken and egg. Yeah, exactly. I mean, first, it's, right. it's so true. So um, I'm going to get started, and my first question for you is, you know, what is the number one skill, um, you know, as a leader? That, what is the number one? What do you perceive as the number one skill as a leader that a person should acquire? And then what is your number one skill, and why did you choose to make that your number one skill? Like, what did you see in that? Okay, I mean, it's so kind of a loaded question. Uh, the number one skill for me is salesmanship, right? A lot of, um, a lot of people may disagree with it. Because, I mean, if you think about it, if you're listening in right now and you're thinking, oh, I don't want to be a cheesy salesperson, oh, Greg's going to talk sales, ah, sales sucks. Well, I'm afraid to pick up the phone or I'm afraid to talk to people. It's because you frame sales incorrectly. Sales is not about manipulating or getting people to do what you want them to. Real salesmanship is about helping people under, uncover what they really want and helping them achieve it. That's it. Salesmanship in its purest form is helping people understand clearer what they really want, not manipulating it, but helping them get clarity in what they really want. And then your job as a salesperson, quote, unquote, is facilitating them achieving that result. That's it. Salesmanship is simple. Find out what they want, show them how to achieve it. You learn how to do that, you can, people will throw money at you. So for me, salesmanship is the most important thing. Now, from a network or an Internet marketer, then it becomes copywriting, right? I think copywriting is the second most important skill set to develop because it's really referred to as salesmanship in print. And there's a reason for that. It's not printmanship in sales. It's salesmanship in print. So learning how to influence, learning how to sell. The best copywriters aren't afraid to talk to people. The best copywriters aren't afraid to go get on the phone and figure out what's motivating that person to buy because once they figure that out, they put it in print and it converts like crazy. So for me, the number one um, skill set is sales. And for those just getting started, the number one skill set you need to develop is asking questions. Because if you, if you think of salesmanship as really just figuring out what your prospects want or what your, your audience wants, survey them. Ask them, what are you really looking for? What is it keeping you? What, what's the challenge you're facing with that? What's that challenge keeping you from? Um, and then the, the number one skill that I've developed to answer your question completely for me has been figuring out uh, how to best ask questions, how to best figure out what my market wants. Uh, actually, you, you introduced this as being part of a mastermind. I have to correct you, sir. Sir, already, you're lying to people. We first met at the first No Excuses somewhere. The, the, That's I right. No Excuses 3. And uh, you asked me some questions afterward, and we wound up jamming and talking, and you had something that was so awesome. I'm like, dude, why aren't you kicking the incumbent's butt? Uh, why aren't you going out there and attacking the marketplace? Because I know there's a huge gap in the marketplace. We're not going to mention the company's name because they might be listening. But, um, <laughs> but I was at the time like, nah, you've got something way better. And I'd been watching you before then. Not creepy at all, uh, and then been seeing some of your stuff in your advertising. Oh, this guy's good, and uh, and then when I finally got a chance to meet you, I'm like, dude, you need to be you know advocating for the end user out there because they're severely underserved. Because um, I've been serving the space for since 2003, and I knew that you had some massive value to get out there. So again, the, you know, so that was, you know what's the funny? I actually forgot about that, and it's probably because you beat me up so bad, I lost memory. <laughs> No, honestly, yeah, cool. it's it's so true. I actually did meet him at at, at the No Excuses Summit at the bar, and mm-hmm. we just started talking. And, I, and instantly, actually, yeah, you you Greg had won the expert of experts, and mm-hmm. I was like a cheerleader rooting for him in the audience because every answer that he had on stage, similar to what you guys are probably experiencing today, you just know the guy knows what he's talking about, and he has a wealth of of influence and knowledge. And I could tell just from there. So, anyways, when I saw him, I went up to him. I just started talking to him, and you know, I don't say, "Oh, I'm Vince Reed," and da, da, da. I just started having a conversation. Got him a beer, mm-hmm. and we started talking. And he starts asking me questions, <laughs> and I'm like, "Geez!" And I'm answering the question, and he's just like, "This, this, that." And then I took a lot of that in, and you know, I mean, honestly, my business has grown. I mean, tremendously since then. A lot of that is from really Greg saying, "It's okay, you know, do this, and you don't have to hold back what it is that you have." And you know, seize that moment. So I do appreciate that. That was I, I did honestly forgot about that, and that's that was I'll, awesome. I'll go so you never know who further. you're going to meet at events, guys. Exactly. It's, I'll go a step further. I'll, I'll not only say that it's okay for you to go out there and promote yourself, all of you guys, 
It's an obligation. You're obligated. There are people suffering out there silently, begging, praying. They're, you're in their prayers. They just haven't met you yet. And if you hold your product, your service back to them, and you truly believe that you're providing a great value to them and you're not going out there trying to help them, dude, shame on you, right? Anyways, all right, Absolutely. I digress. <laughs> Absolutely. No, that's awesome. And I'm glad you talked about questions because that's going to be my next question. I'm going to let you fire away. It's your turn. Okay, okay. It's my turn? All right. It's your turn. <laughs> all right. Oh gosh, I'm nervous. All right, so, so I know I know you're the traffic guy. So we're gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to you softball right now, right? Because I've heard from your right. other interviews. I love you, dude. They're kind of softball. Come on, man. All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you softball just to warm you up. But I got one coming that's a doozy. All right. So this is the softball traffic. You're the traffic guy. All right. All I got right. a gun to your head. I tie you to a chair and I say you need to go get a result right now. Cold in a market you don't know that doesn't know you. You have no established authority in, right? Because we all know okay. posturing, positioning, authority is important. New market, anything. could be Chia Pets, could be anything, right? Okay. What's your go-to strategy if you have 24 hours to kick out at least, you know, a specific result? Let's say, I don't know about sales, but at least go get leads because leads is really where we're going to start. That's realistic. If you had to go get okay. 50 leads in 24 hours, what's your go-to medium and, and what's your strategy? Okay, well, that's, that's pretty easy, actually. <laughs> because here's the thing, and I want to tell you guys, the reason that's pretty easy is because tra- when you know people ask me all this all the time, they say, "Okay, well, you know how to generate traffic and leads, and you know why should I learn how to do this?" And my, a lot of times, people think, "Oh, it's for the thingy that I'm in." But at the end of the day, any business or any service, they need traffic and leads for that business to thrive. So the first thing I would do if I have 24 hours, I'd spend the first three or four hours just studying the niche that I'm going to be doing this task for because I want to figure out what else is out there, what other people are doing. Um, you know, so I'd go, I'd find, let's say, five or ten different articles, read up on them, figure it out, figure it out. And then I would try to create some type of innovative, creative way to mold all of that content into something that's enticing that makes a person want to create or generate an action. So, for example, let's say I find five articles, and it's the five things you should know about this. Okay, I would turn that into seven. Okay, I would turn it into mm-hmm. seven things. So I'd find ad- additional strategies. I'd put that piece of content mm-hmm. together, and then I would create, let's say, a video. And I would say seven things you should know about X, Y, Z. And then I would make the video, and I would deliver two of them okay, in the video without, giving, without anything. Remember, these people don't know me. So Im- immediately what I'm trying to do is establish credibility. So once mm-hmm. I deliver the first two, and I would blow them away. I'd make sure they're the best two right up front. And then at the end, I'd stop. I'd say, boom, it would stop. I'd say, if you want to get the next five, go ahead and put your name and email into the form. Now, that would be the way in which I would be generating the leads. And obviously, once they'd go to the next step, I would deliver the other five. And then I would add actually probably seven more that they could actually purchase or buy um, you know, at that point. So that would be the, the way I'd make money. Now, in, fer- in terms of targeting, I would just figure out who's the big dog in that industry. And then I would target all the people that are connected to them or following them, and that would be my plan within 24 hours. Okay. So how many leads do you think from experience that you could go out there and drum up? 50, 100, you know, 25, In 24 10, hours, five. the new market and creating the content, I think day one isn't going to be, isn't going to blow anything out of the water, right? Because this is right, the way right. marketing works, especially today. Marketing, if you're doing it right, especially with social media, um, and obviously I'd probably throw in some search stuff too to get more leads, but mm-hmm. it builds momentum. So as you get more comments, likes, follows, and people connecting and just talking about the initial post, you're going to be able to take that and leverage it, create a new ad, and now when new people see it, there's 100 likes, 15 comments, that one's going to get better click-through rates. Then I kill that ad, turn up, do a new ad, but when they see it, they see the momentum that the ad has created, which actually improves the click-through rate. This is all stuff I'm going to be talking about in Internet Traffic Live, which a lot of people don't even think through. They just let one ad just keep running. You actually have to understand the momentum of an ad when you're leveraging social media. Now, in the meantime, I would also be creating some type of hub like a fan page in that niche, so I'm driving traffic to one place so I can continue to market and create this type of content. So my point is, if I'm going into a new market, um, and I always tell people, you've got, if you want to make more money, you have to improve your personal value level. So I don't have a lot of time to do that. So I've got to blow them away with, with, with upfront content right from the beginning. Okay? Mm-hmm. And then that's how you're going to establish yourself in a new market. All right. I dig it. That's good. Awesome, brother. All right. Man. You weren't playing around with this battle. I'm, That's I'm definitely the tough. Around, <laughs> I'm, I'm All right, five in a week. Let's go, baby. <laughs> All right, so I got I got a couple here. So my my second right. question is this. All right, so I have actually 
this is going to – I'm going to break it up into two. But the first one is, okay, so I'm I'm starting out, and obviously and we've established that questions are the answers, right? We've got to ask mm-hmm. the right mm-hmm. questions. Mm-hmm. So I'm new, and, I, and there's, it's a two-part question. So I'm talking to a family member, and mm-hmm. I've got my new thing. What are the two questions I can ask the family member to potentially get them prepared for my opportunity? And then the other one is I've generated leads, okay, and I've got that prospect on the phone, so they're not necessarily a family member. Are those two questions the same, or are they different? Um, for me, no. Now, traditional recruiters, like I mentioned before, I'm not a traditional recruiter. I don't do very good with the friends and family. I do now. I can do it. Uh, but at the time when I started, I went in there, and here's the mistake I made. This is this is the mistake that people make when they're recruiting. We go in there and we try to sponsor people based on the reasons that we bought. So we go in there and we start saying, dude, this is going to be a big thing, and we start telling all the reasons why we got excited over the opportunity, right, instead mm-hmm. of figuring out what that individual is motivated by. Now, you know this person well enough to know where their where their gaps in their life are. Now, here's here's – it's kind of the tricky part, but kind of follow me. All right, guys? Um, people don't want to make money. People don't want more time freedom. What they want is they want those what those things get them in their life. Okay? So with more money, you don't want more money. You want with what that more money will bring you. This is where people fall off. You're going to make so much money, and then they start plugging in all the reasons that we as the, as the recruiter Want to, what we want to spend that money on. Oh, you can buy a boat, we can take a trip, we can do blah, 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 blah. Instead of figuring out what would you, if you had an extra thousand bucks a month, what would that do for you, right? That's, a, that's kind of a common question. But what would you do with that? The first thing you're going to get back is, oh, that would be great. And then the next question is why. I mean, realistically, what would you do with it, right? And they mm-hmm. say, well, I would take care of my immediate stuff. And there's that surface stuff to kind of get the pressure off them, right? That's the now answer. Okay, what would you do? Let's assume all the bills are caught up, everything's paid up, you're ahead even, you're a little comfortable, you got a little in the bank, then what do you spend that money on? And that's the question that gets their head to look up. They tilt their chin up to the left a little bit, and they kind of look up to the left, and they say, well, you know, wow, yeah, because they hadn't really, A, if they do that, they haven't really thought about what they would do next. We call this futurescaping. Right? What would you do with that next? Wow. You know, I'm, we're so used to just looking at where our feet are going in the world that we're not really looking ahead or even getting our heads in the clouds a little bit. This gives them the opportunity to do that. Now, if they answer right away with, oh, I'd go do X, well, you know, that's a long driving thought of theirs, and they may even be working towards that. This just gives you an idea of where they are truly committed-wise to achieving their dreams. And it's usually a good indicator that that's what they want now. That has no bearing on whether or not they're going to want what it is you have to offer. So now the next question I would ask is, look, I'm doing this thing right now to help me achieve what I want to do like that. Mine is why, and here's what I want to do with it. I'm looking at this thing that, that I, I'm pretty positive will help me to achieve that. If I could show you, to have you take a look at it, you know, is that something that's worth 15, 20 minutes of your time to take a look at it and see if it's for you, all right? And people are, now that they're anchored in where, where they are now, where they're going to be in the near future, where they want to be in the future, and now you're anchoring something to that that they may possibly, that could help them achieve that, they're a lot more receptive to it than they would be if you just, hey, if I could show you a way to increase your income without, you know, without interfering with what you're currently doing, right. would that be something you're open to? That's, you know, I, I love, I, you know who we're talking about, right? I love those guys. Love them. But to me, that's such a generic thing, especially people you know. You don't talk to people you know like that, right? As soon as they right. hear you talking like that, they smell it out. They're like, dude, what are you doing, right? You don't talk to me that way. We don't talk to each other that way. So so make sure you're in the dialogue that you're normally in with them, and then just ask them kind of a deep question. You don't go into them straight away with it. You talk a bit. You catch up. You figure out where you are. Get good rapport going. And then you say, hey, you know, when they voice something, because everybody grumbles about their personal life, ah, this and work and the kids and the wife and blah, 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 or, or the husband or whatever it is, or the in-laws, or everybody's got grievances. They're going to, if you give them in half an ear, they'll take two, they'll take all of them, right? But if you figure out where they are now, what their challenges are now, those two questions, then you've got way more report you can go forward with. One little asterisk to this one before I move on to your second part of your question, you have to make it okay for them to tell you no. Wow, the biggest, that's awesome, man. I, 
I, the biggest question I get asked by people is, how do I get people to get excited about my stuff? That's the wrong question. How do I get them to show up? How do I get them to do this? How do I get them to do that? No, you have to be okay with being told no because 99.9% of your friends and family are not going to join you in your business, and that's okay. If there's somebody there that sees the vision and wants to in the beginning, awesome. Let them come on board. Be honest with them. I have no clue what I'm doing. This is what I, I understand. This is what I'm going to try to do. Let's work it together to try to figure out what works. And when you lay that expectation down and let's test to find what works, completely different distributor than somebody that's coming in there expecting to make money in less than 90 days. That's my approach, okay? But when I make it okay for them to tell me no right now, that's okay because what do they want to see? They say, you go be a success, and then you show me how to do it. They don't want to figure it out, most of them. They want you to go figure it out and then come back to them. Mm-hmm. And that's what real marketing is about. You figured it out, right, Vince? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. You know what I feel like you're saying is you're going a lot deep. You're going below the surface. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, I don't know. This could be totally off, but the way that I kind of think about what you're asking is, like, you could say, okay, so I'll give you a real world example. Yes. uh, This weekend I went and got a new car because we needed a car for the baby. I had my wife was driving my other my Jaguar, so we needed something bigger, right? So, but here's the deal. Before I did that, I figured out what I needed to do in order to pay for that. Mm-hmm. Like, not like I need to make more money. It's like, how many people can we get in? Can I sell or do this month to pay for that? And it's mm-hmm. very, it's a small number. Um, and I kind of equate that to when you're asking people those deeper questions, it's, it's different from, you know, do you want – do you want to make an extra thousand dollars? Well, what would that do for you? Like, what are you going to actually do with that thousand dollars? And you actually mm-hmm. start mentally spending it, and now you see the real world value of that number. Yeah. So for me, the way I look at the world, there's really nothing you can't own mm-hmm. if you break it down the way that I think about stuff. Like even my home. Like I'm like, okay, so if I want a house that's this much, and my payment is this, what does that actually equate to in terms of customers and this and that? And that way that it's paid for. I always right. try to make sure that you know, any liability that I have is being paid for by, you know, some type of residual asset that I own. And it makes you more comfortable moving forward. Mm-hmm. And, and you'll look at things differently. So all of you guys have kind of heard me say that. Like, whenever you think of big things that you want, it's very attainable. It's not really hard to get when you think of it the way I just shared with you, when you put mm-hmm. a real-world number next to it. So anyway, I don't know how we got off on that. But I don't know if that – that's kind of what I think about going deeper. I think your questions go a lot deeper than just the surface, yep. and I think that's why it's, they work. Absolutely. All right, cool, man. Awesome. Second, so part your your, second, second part of your question, though, let me answer real quick. You said personal, then what about online? Online is actually easier. If I have a website, I've already framed them in some way for my offer uh, or about something. So my questions are this. Hey, you went online looking for some ways for to improve XYZ, whether it's health, wealth, you know, lifestyle products or whatever it is, whatever I'm promoting, mm-hmm. whatever you guys are pitching, you went online trying to learn more about X. Is that correct? And they say yes. We know they did. We know the answer, so we're just trying to get our first yes. It's the most important question. Second question is awesome. Obviously, it's my site. Uh, and I'm sure you have tons of questions about it. What specifically were you looking for? What can I try to help you with? Don't try to sell. Just ask the question of what were you looking for specifically. That information you gather for them is worth its weight in gold, for eternity. My, you, you mentioned my MLM business blueprint. Uh, actually, our new product, our new brand that we're going forward with is Fast Start. So faststartmarketer.com is our new mm-hmm. brand. And the reason for it is, is I love MLM business blueprint. I actually bought that domain off Ray Higdon unknowingly. That's hilarious. It used to be his domain. Uh, really? But yeah, yeah, it's a small world. But um, M- the word MLM and any branding or any ad platforms or any even hosting sites, it just gets flagged too much. So we're finding more, mm-hmm. more even like Gmail and spam and all that kind of stuff, it just won't let it get through. So we're, we're rebranding ourselves. We're still always going to have that brand, but uh, bottom line is Fast Start Marketers the way we're going for it. So when we do this Love kind it. of stuff, when we actually go out there and get that stuff done, we always make sure, you know, what did you come to the site for? What were you looking for? All right, second question. I love that because they're just telling you, you know, they're telling you exactly, honestly, how to be sold. They're literally exactly. telling you know you know exactly why you found them. You ask them those questions. I got to get you with our phone reps, man. There's some we've been talking about that for a while. And, it's, uh, uh, selling is way easier. Actually, I have some I need to talk to you about. That I forgot. that remember I told you I was going to tell you something and I forgot about right. it. Advising, mm-hmm. uh, I think, will be good. It's too, it's too awesome to put here. Not not because they're not worthy, but because it's still in the infancy stages. And I don't want to say anything we're not doing just yet. But yeah. Um, my second question, because I know we're going to run out of time, and I have two questions I want to get answered. The first question okay. for you. You mentioned the baby. 
I have three children, right? I have a wife whom I love dearly. I've been married over 15 years. You as a person who I perceive to love both your wife and your child, how is it that an entrepreneur must strike balance? What must an entrepreneur do in order to strike balance with personal and business, especially in the first stages of just getting started? Maybe these people are working a part-time job or a full-time gig, and, uh, and they're having to work their business on the side. How do they strike a balance with all that? How did you do that with your wife, and how do you do it now with your kid? Well, you know, I'm very structured, and so, mm-hmm. and I don't know if my wife originally was structured, but she really is now as well. So our mm-hmm. life is structured. Like, we know what we're doing pretty much at every point in the day. And I have to tell people the truth. Like, I I have a pretty uh, – it, it, well, long story short, my wife's a nurse, so she works nights. So when mm-hmm. – so I, I work days. So, like, you know, we, sometimes during the week we're in passing. So um, – it's an advantage for our relationship because when we see each other and we have that time, it's a lot more special. I'm not, I don't really, I can't really relate to anyone that's working the same hours as their spouse all the time. So I have to say that is an advantage for me personally, I feel. Um, but what we've done is we have had a date night for, since we first started dating every Friday. So, and even when she was pregnant, even after the baby, we take the baby on the date night. Like a lot of people go, Oh, we can't do anything because we've got the baby. Like, well, baby can come on date night. In fact, I think it's a good thing because now at an early age, he's already learning like how to go out and behave. So <laughs> we do that every Friday. That's our time. Literally, we've been doing it for years. Um, we've got it scheduled from, I mean, literally everything is kind of scheduled. And it sounds like, what is this like the army? But it just works for us. So like, for example, mm-hmm. when we put the baby down, I go in and I do what we call a dream feed between 10 and 11, feed the baby, put her back down to bed. Then she wakes up and, and wakes up the baby, and then, you know, it's just kind of like we've got a really good pattern, and I've built it into my business. So mm-hmm. I know when I'm doing certain things, she knows when she's doing certain things, and we just kind of make that time. Um, you know, and it's, it's just an excuse when people say they don't have enough time. You've got plenty yep. of time in a day. Um, it's really what you're saying to yourself if you don't feel like you have time is you just aren't efficient. Okay, you aren't efficient with your time. So one thing that I've learned is just how to be extremely efficient and if I need to get things done, I'll get up earlier or stay up a little later and make it happen because that's what you have to do as an entrepreneur. You've got to do the things that a lot of people aren't willing to do. So hopefully that answers your, your question. It does. It goes back to the – I forgot who originally said it, but bottom line is when you say yes to one thing, you're saying no to something else. So what are you saying yes to in your life? What are you making a priority? And it's all mm-hmm. an excuse. You know, uh, There's a lot of marketers. You and I both know this. There's a lot of marketers in the space who, who claim lifestyle. But then their their home life or whatever, you know, not to put them on blast, people are difficult to, to live with, let alone stay married for a long time. But I always mm-hmm. look at personal relationships as a testament to a balance in a person's life. And that's one of those things where if they can manage it, it's it's tough. It's hard to do all those things at the same time. But it's the same as anything else. You get up and you decide every day to work. At awesome. Man. Absolutely. Like I'll give you an example. Like um, normally I'll release a post I, I know my schedule so well like when we do this i'll get up earlier mm-hmm. to make sure that that's already scheduled like the emails that i have going out are already scheduled to go out already mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know like there's days when i know things are going to happen where we schedule and we do those things ahead of time instead of it being an afterthought you just have to make it work and i always kind of look at my life i'm like what would donald trump do would he make that excuse or would he just get it done like what would bill yeah. gates yeah. do like i'm like stop whining and get it done like when people are crying yeah. and complaining i'm like if you were to sit here across the table from the best, your, your mentor or a person you look up to the most, I'm talking a, a billionaire who you could work with, and you were to tell him the same excuses you're telling me, would you tell him mm-hmm. that and how would you feel about it? Yeah. And, and, I, oh. and I take that into myself. Like I'm like, yeah. if I feel myself wavering, it's like, stop it. You know what I mean? This is the life yeah. you chose, and this is mm-hmm. what you got to You have to make it happen. All right, cool. So let me get – I got one more, and then I know we're running a little late, and then I know you got one more, and then uh, – I got I one simple get... question. All right. I'll let, <laughs> go ahead. I'm no, gonna get, let me get yours first. Okay. So mine, mine is, again, about questions. Um, and it's – we all know, and, and, and maybe we don't talk about it enough, but your customers are a huge asset to you. A lot of people are always looking for the next customer when they don't realize mm-hmm. that their current customers, are, if they're doing it right, are going to be the ones that buy the most stuff from you. Yep. Um, so how do you – what are the questions you ask when you're trying to sell a higher-priced product? 
And how mm-hmm. do you do it in such a way where the customer always feels like they're actually getting the better end of the deal, where it's not where, okay, this guy just keeps selling me stuff, or it's like, man, I'm, I'm privileged for him to be offering this to me. Or oh, that's a great and, question, and, man. And, I'm, and the question would be on the phone. Like, so you're on the phone with them, and your call, your call is to sell them into something else. So how do we balance that where they're getting something of value and they're excited and happy and honored at the fact that you did versus yeah. some people that get called, and we know there's companies out there, and it's like, geez, what else are you going to sell me, right? This is not a yeah, good yeah, feeling yeah. when you get off the phone. So, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head. There's so many different organizations and processes. You know, I've been, I've been coaching in this space and, and, and mentoring and training for over 13 years now, or 12, over 12 years now, going on 13 and that's one thing that I can definitely tell who comes and who goes is I've seen them all come. You know, prior to Mike Dillard and, and all of the folks in the attraction marketing space and all that stuff, I, we in my organization, I was actually one of the first people in our space to do uh, personally branded funnels to to create that authority because we did it in offline stuff. So I'm like, well, just take what we did offline and put it online. And a lot of work, right? So we see a lot of people come and go, and the, and the common theme in in in, in Many of the programs we see is just get, how do we get them to buy more stuff? How do we get them to buy more stuff? And usually the, the motivation is, well, if you are at this level and you really want to be successful, you really be at this higher level. And then when they're in there for a little bit, well, now if you really want to be at the level these guys are, then you need to get into this next level. Um, that's not really true, unfortunately. You know, it's, it's, it's not true. There is, a, there is something to be said about association. You know, you and I both know the power of hanging out with a higher caliber person just raises your game. You and I, I've seen it in you. Uh, I, I, in, I, what I have to thank you for is uh, both you and a couple of the marketers I saw just crushing it. I'm like, you know what? I've been stagnant for so long and, and where my – comfortable, I should say, uh, that I wasn't challenging myself anymore to get bigger or, or not even get bigger, but to actually help more people with really the motivation mm-hmm. behind it. So I said, okay, we're pushing, like one of our mandates is we're pushing our business to $100 million per year business. And I don't know what that looks like. Biggest business I've ever built was up to $40 million per year. So I said, okay, uh, let's go. Let's let's go get this done. So how do I do that? Well, the immediate answer is i got to associate with other people. So back to your question, how do we do that within our group? How do we help? How do we, how do we talk to them in order to get them to respond and say, yeah, I want to be part of that, and I'm also privileged to do that? Well, it comes down to have I established enough value on the front end did my front end stuff blow you away so much that now that you know and see where we are, um, you know, this is this isn't a question I ask, but this is the the stage I set, if that makes sense. And I tell folks on our free training calls that we do uh every week, I say, look, this is our free stuff. My goal is to make my free stuff better than most other people's paid stuff. So that your natural reaction is, wow, if this is if this is his free stuff, damn, what's his what's his paid stuff look like, right? And then once they get that initial buy in to anything we have, then they get a follow-up phone call, not to sell them, just to say, how can we help? What do you need help with? And I will tell you, like I said before, markets are starved for your help, right? How many people do you know of this outside of yourself that actually reaches out to folks in this space and actually genuinely gives a crap about where these people are, right? To actually say, how can we help? And we even recommend other people's products that we don't affiliate program pay for or anything like that. It just it doesn't matter. We look at what's the end, what's the need for that end user. What do they need? And can we provide it? If we can provide it, of course, we're biased. We're going we're gonna to position ourselves. But at the same time, if it's not with us and they need something, I just had somebody the other day who came through and what he could afford was some of my, my lower end stuff. What he really needed was some of my high end stuff. And he just couldn't afford it. I said, you know what? There are other people that do what you need at that lower level. Go do that first. You know, here's what you should pay attention to. And then when you've got your revenue up, then come back and we'll help you get what you've done. And that was an honest answer, and that's what we gave him. So bottom line, to answer your question with a shorter answer is we ask this most important question. What do you really want to do in your business? Now that you've seen what we do and you see the basics and you see some of the stuff we do, what do you want from your business? And more importantly, what are you willing to work for, really work for, to achieve that in your life? And then they tell us. And we gauge based on that if they're what we call either committed or serious. A serious entrepreneur really wants and hopes and wishes and prays to be successful in business. And then they get a bloody nose, and then they go under the sheets, and they cover their head. And they, you know, one of my favorite lines from a the movie there at the bar saying, oh, I tried direct sales, and they take a drink. It's a tough racket, right? <laughs> a committed person is the exact same thing as a serious person. The difference is when they get punched, they keep going. It's not a question of whether or not they're going to be successful. The only question is when. 
So we frame the question exactly that way, and we say, which are you realistically? Don't just tell me the answer I want to hear. You need to be realistic about the answer for yourself because what we sell is work. We don't sell hope. We don't sell hype. You don't sell hope. You don't sell hype. You sell work. We sell work because at the end of the day, success in anything is work. And if you want somebody to placate you and buttercoat it and tell you candy coating that it's all going to be awesome and sweet, rainbows and unicorn farts and all that kind of stuff, there's a dime a dozen out there. They're happy to take your money. I don't do that. Right. I don't. I don't think. You, I know you don't do that. So if they're really open to the work, that trust level so much there that you know they want to be part of that. What does that look like? What can they do? And we coordinate our correspondence with them to fit where they are financially and moving forward. So that's awesome. Those are my questions. <laughs> Powerful stuff, man. I, I I can't wait to hear this one again. This was powerful because I already know. You know, we talk all the time. I call him. I'll call Greg at least once, twice a year. With what do I say in this? Because I mean, my skill sets aren't the aren't, aren't the phone. They've gotten a lot better mm-hmm. over the years because of people like Greg. But but so every time I get on these calls, that's why a lot of my interviews. When we do these battle masterminds, I love them because I can get better. Greg can get better, and, and it's mm-hmm. just an awesome thing. So, do you have? Uh, Another question for me before we take one or two questions from people listening in, and then uh, I, I do. I have, this was this is probably the hardest question I'm going to ask you because I heard some of your other ones, your other interviews, um, and I think it was with Falcone that asked something. Todd Falcone, one of your other ones. If you guys didn't hear your guys should go back and listen to it. It was really good. But he asked about Google. No, <laughs> you were you were around during the Google slaps, right? You you survived. Absolutely, that's right. I wouldn't but be here without it. Yeah, absolutely. All the all the marketers, all the marketers talk about Google like it was the Clone Wars and Star Wars. Oh, you fought in the Clone and the Google Wars. <laughs> all right. So so I have to say this that you know not to, not to say you know putting you down or anything like that, but we're on Google. We've been on Google for a while. Um, we've been running successfully in Google for at least three years now. I never, although I was slapped, I was never banned, and they came back and told me, you can change, if you change your business model, um, back in the day when they were quiet, to everybody change your business model and we're happy to let you run. And they would tell us, no, that's not a good business model. That's all they would tell us. But they, they wouldn't tell us, go away, we never want to see you again. They saw us trying, so they let us stay. Um, eventually, they got to the point where um, they were more vocal about what specifically they wanted. As soon as they started doing that, uh, we, we did a lot of money to get some consultants and high big guys to come in and tell us how we need to frame our stuff up. And we found that, you know, it is still one of the better traffic sources out there. So I heard you saying that you use YouTube, which is really, which I tell everybody, that's Google. Uh, Google yeah. runs it, right? It's YouTube. So now I don't run any videos because I'm scared of them transcribing everything and using the content against me. I'm more scared of YouTube than I am of Google. And from what I got is that you were, you're more scared of Google uh, search than you were of, of video. So my question to you is this. What's wrong with it? Why are we scared of dancing with you? <laughs> you know what's so funny? I, it's so funny you said that because when I was listening to that, I felt that in that interview. Um, mm-hmm. Well, here's the deal. With YouTube, I've found that you're right. It is AdWords. It is Google. YouTube was purchased by Google years ago. Mm-hmm. So when I'm doing a YouTube video, normally it's, it's a piece of content or, or a, a, a cut-up piece of content from a blog post. And, the, mm-hmm. and I can upload that video, and it's, it's just me teaching a specific strategy. And I play off of what YouTube, what they like, which are shorter videos that just get right to the point. So I'll mm-hmm. try to keep the videos at least, and I'm going to say this strategy that I'm telling you right now is something that we started doing within the last 90 days. Okay. So we'll cut up a video, um, put the video up on YouTube. The video is teaching a specific strategy, and then it'll cut at like four or five minutes. Very similar to the strategy I told you earlier. And then that mm-hmm. that strategy will say go to the vid- to the to the blog post to see the entire video. Now what we found is that strategy on YouTube, and we can get clicks literally for five to ten cents to that video and drive that traffic to our website. That video is actually when you can set it up when you're doing the video ad to go on on Google AdWords as well. So it mm-hmm. shows up in the same search. You can add keywords. You can do everything. But we're just doing it from YouTube versus Google. Now, okay. it's not that I'm necessarily scared to do it from Google. It's just one of those things that we're already there doing it from YouTube. It's just right. I don't want to tell anyone, go do it on Google because we're not doing it on Google. And if you go around, go there and do it and – get slapped, then you're like, oh, Vince, you told me to go here. I can only show you what I'm currently doing, and we're still there right. is the point. Right. So it's, 
it's um, and I I don't mean that we're scared to do it. It's like, hey, the video streaming both on on YouTube and on Google, it's no different if I set up the ad right from Google. Um, and our cost, I mean, we're not going to beat five or ten cents a click. No, anywhere. you're right. Five or ten cents a click is going to be good. Right. Um, and, and then it's getting your videos viral. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Are you tracking from, you know, so now I'm going to get in my geek track one because uh, my favorite quotes is, uh, in God we trust and everyone else must bring data. So <laughs> are, you, are you tracking search clicks from Google versus YouTube, or can you tell the difference? There are analytics that will show you where it's displaying, um, but typically at my personal self, I don't really track from that. I, I look at my total clicks and my cost, and I, you know, I kind of look at it all, but there are analytics in YouTube where you can see, um, in your, I mean, because it's AdWords. When you go on AdWords, you can see where the traffic yeah. is coming from. Yeah, they'll um, play everything. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I just do my AdWords from YouTube versus from doing it like a Google ad, sending it to a website. Because for me, I just think video is just way more powerful. And if it's still showing up organically in the search engines on Google for the price that I'm paying, it's just the route we've chosen to go. Got it. So, cool story, and, bro. and it's cool too because it's cool too because you know when you put that video out there, um, and let's say you post that video on your blog, or it just starts getting likes, and you put the link to your blog in the description, it actually helps organically. Um, what I can tell you is this: um, we've searched, we've gone and looked at where the majority of our traffic is coming from, and mm-hmm. a year ago we probably had one percent of our traffic coming from Google. And now we're mm-hmm. up well over between 15 and 20%. And I don't do That's anything awesome. on Google. And, it, and I, awesome. we think that it's a lot because of all the content we're putting out and obviously this, this YouTube strategy that we do. That's which awesome. We'll be showing it in our traffic live as well. So, nice. And by the way, um, Greg is going to be um, there. Um, we're going to have a seven-figure pa- seven panel. And it's actually going to be little battle masterminds like this. So yeah. I'll get to get you live on stage. And so we'll be, it'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So what I want to do real quick, uh, and did that answer yeah. your question, by the way? It does. It does. It does. It gives, okay. me, it gives me enough. Uh, I, see, the way I work is I say, okay, uh, is that strategy viable? Are there other people I respect using that strategy right now ethically and honestly? And the answer is yes. And then the next question yes. is, are they better than me? And the answer is hell no. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and, then, and also, I Greg, I see a lot of your videos on YouTube. You would be perfectly uh-huh. fine doing that showing you know advertising some of your videos well and it goes um, to the follow-up question that i was going to ask and we'll keep it real brief uh i see other people i really respect marketing wise you know who i'm going to talk about here and then they're getting their accounts banned um because of one or two people going out there specifically to hunt them on youtube and uh, my fear is because we run our google adwords campaigns successfully i don't want to risk getting those tampered with because youtube had a challenge I have so, a way around that, but I won't say it on this. You got to come to the okay. event, and I'll tell you. Okay. Right. Right. <laughs> well, obviously, I'll tell you, but if you yeah, want to know yeah. that, I'll tell you that at the event. But there, right, that cool. is a point, and and also you can't, you're not going to run. I mean, there are people that just target you, and you can do mm-hmm. all you want to defend that. And if someone targets you, then they target you. But you know, there are ways to obviously create buffers like firewalls, or you know, protections that you put on your website. It doesn't mean you're going to stop all hackers, but you can do certain things yeah, to yeah, yeah. Yeah. prevent yourself. Um. So all right, so guys. This was awesome, by the way. Appreciate it. I want to get one of the benefits of you guys being here and being level two members in the MIT system is I want you guys to be able to talk to the people I bring on. So I'm going to take one or two questions. First person hit star six and ask Greg or myself a question. Um, Greg, you're on. Yes. Greg, it's still right. Hey, Greg, you hear me? I'm sorry. My phone was ringing, ringing on this side. Who's that? This is Phil. Phil Asa. Hey, Phil. Uh, um, Fantastic call, Vince and Greg. Wouldn't be wouldn't be what it is without you, Greg. Hey, in addition to uh, fastcartmaker.com, what specific uh, resource, a book, a CD, a DVD, would you recommend regarding asking the right questions? Ooh, um, man! Off the top of your head. Uh, okay, so so here's here's my methodology for for studying stuff. I used to be a massive reader. I'm not much of a reader anymore just because of my time restraints. Like like I said before, when we say yes to something, say no to something else. So there's a lot of books that I go out and read, and then I'll aggregate that data, and I'll, I'll translate it to some folks. So the short answer to your question is one of the biggest books that I've ever learned, uh, some some of the better question-asking strategies from, was um, Neil Rackham's uh, Spin Selling. 
which is if you get the audiobook, probably one of the most painful audiobooks to listen to in the history of audiobook. It is awful. Uh, but the content in it is really, really good. So if you're a reader, go read the book. And that's more for business-to-business, high, long sell cycle uh, processes. But the questions that they ask uh, for long sell cycle stuff is really good. It's really good. Um, what was this? That, Spin Selling by Neil Rackham. Spin Selling. Spin Selling, yeah. The challenge is there's not a lot. I'm sorry, man. I'm The, the problem with sales training in today's day and age is it's the stuff that was taught 50 years ago for the most part. Even yeah. modern prospecting, tra- it's just all garbage. So to that note, um, you know, I learned how to sell by actually talking to people. Uh, I'll tell you another one that is actually good. Is, uh, I think it's called Influence by Cialdini. A lot of the concepts that he teaches, and that's very high-level scientific stuff on what they get, how they get people to respond to certain things, which is foundational for some of the stuff we're doing. I'm actually writing a couple of books right now that we'll have out hopefully by the end of this year. Uh, not hopefully, we'll set the deadline. We'll get them done before the end of this year. One's going to be about question answering. We have we have that section as part of one of our higher-level courses, but it's such a powerful training methodology uh, that, that we're getting a lot of folks to say, you know, you need to put out a book on this specific subject, so we're doing that. And we're doing another one on objection handling because the way modern-day objection handling is done is abysmal. It's so bad. So... Um, that's one of the things we're putting together right now. Thank you very much. No problem, Phil. So I'd love to be able to say there's like six or seven hundred, but there really isn't a lot of really <laughs> out there anymore. No problem. Hey, Vince, Eric, uh, Eric, what's up, man? What's up, brother? Greg, you know I love you, man. Every time you get on these things, it's it's awesome. So um, my question, it, to be brief, I'll be brief, is um, you kind of mentioned personally branded funnels earlier, and I wanted to get your take on – um, when people maybe create that part to, to talk to others, you know, their prospects about their product or service, and they mm-hmm. get into the part of the, you know, the the bad part of their life and, and how they overcame it and all that stuff. And I, for me, I think I know I'm not my audience, but I'm starting to hate mm-hmm. coming across that. And I wanted to hear your perspective on how important is that is that in anything you're trying to sell, or is there a way... A way to do that without having to talk about me, I'd rather talk about the value, kind of what you're talking about this whole call, talk about the value of the product or service um, you know, um, that we're trying to get them to make a decision on. So so an important thing that happens in sales is really you're talking about two people. There's either those that know you and those that know the game, or know, those that know the game or those that um, don't know you and they, they, they're completely new to the space or to your, your exposure. See, in our space, the, the how-to, the, the make money, the, the business improvement, the network marketing or the Internet marketing space, we're all beaten by the best marketers in the world, okay? So if you're in this space for any given time, you get, you get jaded to that stuff just like you are now, Eric, right? And that's normal. That's organic. So you'll start to look for folks to just give content out, and that evolution is now you know the story. Here's what's important, though. As much as people say they don't like that, um, if someone were to come out and tell your story as if it was their own, what that ultimately does is that resonates with you to say, oh, wow, that's exactly who I am. That's exactly what I went through. So you can't help. It's human nature. You can't help but have a little more rapport with that person. And that's really the reason marketers do that. Now, the the downside is, is it's done so poorly nowadays that it's just cliche. Like, oh, here's where I was downtrodden. I had all this debt and well, I mean, it's almost cookie cutter. Everyone can basically tell their story of, well, and especially in network marketing or home business, everyone's got a before story. In fact, most people are still in their before story. They're waiting for their after story, right? Right. Like, well, if I can get an after story, I'm going to have a hell of a story to tell. Um, I personally don't like that style of sales. I don't. Um, but I also see where it's necessary. So the short answer, Eric, is you got to test it. If you're going out to cold markets, test with versus without. And you'll find that for me, the way I do it is when we're doing cold market stuff and we're going out there to people who don't know who I am, I try to keep that story as short as possible, but I do share that story or one of the most emotional standpoints. If I'm on stage, I try not to dwell on it too much, but I want to get a connection with the audience. So it's really about building rapport. Now, if it's my group, I just go right into content. So you guys know me. I'm not going to waste your time. Let's get right to it. I want you guys to be blown away by this right now. Let's go, right? 
today's call. There wasn't really much of an introduction. I don't need one. We'll just uh, I'm fine to let my content speak for itself. When we won, the, when I won the expert of experts at No Excuses, it wasn't because I'd seasoned the room. Nobody knew who the hell I was there. So what do you do? Apparently, I'm a really bad marketer because nobody knows who I am or what I do. <laughs> so I, I went on stage and just had to give really solid answers. You know, I, I was just speaking the truth and, and won me over. Deal, so. Yeah, see, and he didn't know me before then. And that was true with a lot of folks. I made a lot of great connections just by delivering great content. So the answer is it's both, and you just got to test it now. Awesome. One other thing I always want to add to that is, you know, today the problem I see, and you're probably feeling that, is there are marketers that really don't understand, and they think that trying to connect so much with their story is what makes the sale. So when you yeah. go on a webinar, they'll spend the first 30 minutes on their story and they, because they probably mentally think that's what's going to sell you. Like your story can be, you know, doesn't have to be that long, um, and that's not necessarily what's going to sell you. So it's like I think that could be at least that frustrates me. So I could probably think that could be one of the reasons. Like it's just a long, drawn out, not to the point, and how and not being able to make that story relate, or a person that's telling this long, drawn out story, claiming to have certain types of results and success, and everyone knows that that's not the case. It almost gets like, come on now, like let's yeah, be honest yeah. about where you are. So. There has to be this balance there, but I think that's Take a, it till you a make good question. It. Take it till you make it. Life <laughs> you know, it happens a lot. I mean, I, I personally was on a webinar one time because I saw this person, and I could tell they were just getting started, and it was awesome. They told their story where I am, and they're like, look, I started learning this particular traffic method. I haven't really made any money with it, but I'm generating leads, and I'm working on conversions. I was pumped. I was yeah. like, awesome. And then he just got yeah. into it because I, I mean, the strategy – Go ahead. Yeah, I would rather I would rather they're just bluntly honest and telling you, you know, this is the reality of where I am. That's so refreshing versus, oh, I sucked and now I'm great, and this is why you should totally check me out. Even in my intros on my webinars, because people don't know who I am, I go through this thing. I'm all, okay, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. I charge this. This is my big thing. This is who I've helped. And I, literally, that's about as long as I take. And I say, in short, I rock. All right, I'm not telling you guys this stuff to impress you. Well, maybe I am a little bit trying to impress you, but reality is. I want you to know whatever I'm teaching you is real. This is proven. This is stuff we've tested and I have metrics for. Uh, so don't question it. Test it for yourself. Don't drink my Kool-Aid. But, you know, know that if we're giving it to you, it's something we've tested to sound good. So that's it. Good. Let's go. And then we just go right into our content. But I, but I still say over and over again, Greg, like you can – like if anyone listens to this, they know you know your stuff. Like it's just yeah. – you've put in the work. And I think you're – that's the key to it all. Like, yep. if you're gonna, if you if you back it up with awesome content, then you're gonna crush it. All right, guys, I'm gonna. Always. I want to say thank you for all the questions, and I'm going to say, Greg, you made it through the battle zone, alive, <laughs> unscathed. In fact, I feel like I got a couple, you know, knee burns and elbow bruises, and you got out clean, man. I, I got to yeah, step yeah. my game up on these questions. <laughs> but I really appreciate you, man. I mean, you're awesome, and. um you know, all of you guys that are listening in, you know, I appreciate you guys listening in, and we'll get the live um, version of it out um, in a week. And, uh, you know, you've made it to another episode of The Battle Zone, and I appreciate you. Man. Anything in closing where people can connect with you? I just really appreciate you being here, dude. Fast Start Marketer, if you guys want to go, or you can see me on Facebook, com forward slash Facebook. Uh, it's my fan page. And just as always, whatever, whatever Vince is doing, I, I just want to close with this. I, I've been in the industry for years and years and years, and I have maybe a handful and less than five people in the space that I'm like, I will work with, all right? It's just because I've done business with so many folks and I've seen too many shadiness. Vince is the only, one of the only few guys and gals in the space that without doubt, you tell me what you want, let's do it. Uh, Vince is absolutely top tier. You guys are blessed, honored, and you guys made a great choice for working with Vince. So, Vince, love you, brother. I just can't do enough good things. But thanks for having awesome, me. Awesome, man. So, you, so you, you beat me up in the battle zone, then you make me cry. I appreciate That's it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> awesome, man. I feel, the, I feel the same about you as well, though. I mean, he's an awesome guy, and, I, and, and that's why, you know, you're here, and we don't, I normally don't bring people on that I don't respect, and you know, I'm definitely want to have you back again, and we can dig into some more questions. So round two, fun. all right. Round two, man. <laughs> awesome guys. Well, that completes the battle zone. And if you're listening to this, you're listening to Internet Traffic Jam. My name is Vince Reed, and I will see you on the internet. Thanks, John. That was the best one.